introduce our guest speaker. Many of you know Tulku Jamye Gyatso. And he's a good, a good and new friend of Tulku's temple and a good friend of Todd Nielsen. So Todd, thank you very much for introducing and bringing
So today's subject is on karma. So karma literally means an action. Action. It could be the physical action. It could be verbal action, the speech, or it could be the mental action. So, literally, karma or kamma in Pali means the action. So, here, when we say karma, literally, it is a blurred thing. We don't show whether it is a good karma, neutral karma, or a bad karma. And generally, how we understand is karma is the effect of our previous deed. So generally we understand that the karma is the fruition, fruition or the fruit of whatever good or bad things that we have done earlier. But that's not the real karma. Actually when we talk about the karma, when we talk about purifying karma, maintaining our karma, practicing and understanding about the karma is more about the active energy that we have now at the present while driving, while taking shower, while going to school, job and so on. So this sort of like active energy, the intention, the thought, that is actual karma. So when we have to practice on karma, we have to practice on that active energy, which is the thought which comes from the mind, and then the intentions or the decisions which comes out of the intellect. And then after the decision, it comes to either verbal action or a physical action. It could be both good and bad. So here, when we say karma, we are not only talking about the fruition of our previous good or bad karma, which is now appearing as happiness and unhappiness or suffering in our life. So if we try to understand as a fruition, then the understanding of karma is very limited. I don't think karma is limited. It is unlimited. It is immense. Every second, every thought creates karma. This karma is something like a drop box. This karma is like a uh, software database where all this negative, positive thoughts, intention, the decision, whether one use the intellectual brain, thoughts, or the emotional brains and thoughts. So every second we are creating a, a sort of seed which could be positive and negative both. And if we have positive in the present, then the future what would be? Because we, we, we all know actually 
Karma is not something that we don't know. We all know that whatever we do, there will be equal and opposite reaction, like the Newton's law. We know about it. It's not about whether we know about karma or not. It's more about the awareness of karma. How aware are we when the consequences is happening with you at the present? Whether it is bitter or pleasant. Are we aware that this is all because of the karma of the past? And are we aware that every now and then we are creating karmas for the future? So great Indian saint, Padma Sambhava, he mentions that if you wanted to see what you have been doing, the karmas of the past, see your present condition. And if you want to see what is your future, see your present actions. Action, that means the physical action, the, uh, the verbal action, the speech. And then, the most importantly, uh, the intention, the mental action. So, according to these actions, you can predict that what future is going to be. So we don't have to go to astrologer or a face reading person, mole reading or so on to see what will be the future. The future is now. The future is in our palm. We make the fate. I don't think Bill Gates went and saw the astrology or thing like that. You know, whether I will be a billionaire or not. Or maybe a great scientist that didn't go for face reading or more reading or so on. You see, even Buddha himself didn't go like, oh, whether I will be a great master or not. There are incidents that the astrology has said so and so. But the greater potential that uh, might have within the stars and the energies. The greatest energy is our own thoughts. So, whatever action we do, good or bad, through the body and speech, are less effective or less forceful compared to the mental intention and the decision, the thoughts. So, so regarding that, when the mental is very forceful, the great intention, it is not a shallow thought, it just comes out of the conscious mind, but it comes through the subconscious of harming or helping others. That is a very forceful um, energy, which is called a very powerful karma, which eventually will give a very uh, bitter or happy fruition. So people have been asking a question and there are a lot of this frequent question that why some karmas reap very fast? Some, they say that it takes a lot of time. To make it more simple, those actions which is done through the heart, 
or through the mind. It is very strong and powerful and forceful that it shows the color very fast. The consequences that you get maybe in 10 days, week, maybe 10 years or maybe 10 lifetimes. So there are various karmas, but those which comes through your heart comes very fast. So therefore, we always say, visualize, <coughs> visualize. Why we are saying, we are not playing a mental game here. When we visualize, not out of just thought, but with a strong determination and a pure heart, it really manifests in your life instantly. You don't have to wait years and years. So you call them a miracle, blessing of Buddha, God, whatsoever, but it happens. You are the creator. So therefore, now, here I mentioned about the karma and the karma's definition, how we take the karma in general, and then the karmic effects, how it ripens over the period of time. So now the question is again, what is good karma and what is bad karma? And what is neutral karma? In Sanskrit, we call bhikarma uh, for the negative actions or the negative uh, karma, bhikarma, and sukarma for the positive. <coughs> so in that way, we can see the uh, we can make out the, uh, I would say like, uh, there are like two different karmas which are positive and negative. And there is uh, a karma uh, which is neutral. So let me explain these three karmas because every now and then we might be doing sort of karmas, we may not identify whether it is the, the, the negative or the positive or the neutral. Any karma, which is to help others, the unconditional uh, care or concern or love or whatsoever, these are known as the positive karma. The negative karma are those which are sort of selfish karma. And like the sleep or doing things um, without having this sort of like harming or um, supporting anyone. So this sort of karma is known as the neutral karma. Just like um, I want to drive and I'm just driving, just going to a restaurant, just going to meeting a friend, just talking, you know. These sort of actions created through the uh, body, speech and mind without thinking, without having a very solid intention, just doing. These are considered to be uh, the neutral karmas, which do not have uh, happiness or unhappy situation, uh, which do not create any happier, non, uh, unhappy situation out of that. So here uh, we have these three sort of karma. And we have to always understand that uh, 
the karma is always rolling on. As I mentioned earlier, we all know what is karma and what is the consequences, but the missing point is the awareness. We are not aware that what's happening in the present, let's say, if our mental state, if our physical health is good now, it is the consequences of the previous karma. So we are not aware of that. So sometimes we don't take this as a, a great, how you say, the fruition of the previous karma. So we are not aware of it. And we are also not aware of the karma that is going to be happening. Uh, like the, the, um, the time when we talk with the people, uh, when, when, they, when we are at work, we are communicating with the family relationship, we don't think every each moment the action, the verbal action, uh, the physical action, the mental action is creating every now and then either positive, negative or neutral karmas. How many of we are aware of it? Now the whole teaching about the karma is to be aware, not that what karma is. Everyone knows, even a small child knows that, oh, if you do good, something good is going to happen. Everyone knows, but how many of us are aware of it every now and then? So this is a great question. In fact, it is not a question, it is a quest. So, to have that awareness, we are taught to practice meditation. We are taught to see and observe the breath or sensation over the body. And whatever the pain and the, the pleasure on the body or the sensation or whatever it pops up in your mind, just absorb it, don't react and let go. Why are we practicing it? If we wanted to clear our karma, we have to let go. If we didn't let go and try to cling with it and play with it more thoughts, let me give you an example. Like, we say that we believe that we have a lot of lifetime and we every now and then, if we accumulate a lot of karmas, then imagine in one day, let's calculate, in one day, forget about one day, one hour, and even one minute, how many thoughts do we create? So every thought has a karmic effect. Now imagine in 24 hours, how many minutes are there? And calculate with the karma. And then in a whole lifespan of 80 to 90 years, how many karmas? And we have this so many episodes of life, <coughs> billions and billions of episodes of life we are going on. So imagine, it's uncountable. The karmas are so piled up. Now how do we clear that? Do we have good karmas as well as bad karmas? How do we clear it? There are two ways to clear it. Like, we can postpone or suppress the karma 
or we uproot it. The separation is through the repent, repentance and saying that I will not do it again, making a promise that I will not do it again. Maybe the karma that we have will postpone, the effect may postpone or suppress for a time being, but it is always there. It has to come. Even Buddha, when he got enlightened, even after that, one day he had a stomach ache. And his disciples say, ask him, like, what happened? You are fully enlightened. Well, why do you have stomach ache? What would be the problem? says, I still have a little bit calm, but he do not have that suffering like we have. You see, once when Buddha was walking through and his cousin brother, Devadatta, he threw a stone and he, uh, he has a cut, small cut wound on his thumb. And even that time, he says, these are the previous life karmas. So even to the enlightened people, the karmic effects appear. But how an enlightened person handles it, that's the beauty. You see, so when the consequences appear, the enlightened person knows how to let go. Because he would not question, why you have to throw a stone to me? Why do I have to suffer from stomach ache? Why do I have to go through depression and so on? We cling towards that. Let's say if someone honk from your back, why this person? I don't even know him. Why does he have to do, behave in such a horrible manner? If you just don't let it go, the karma, he haunts, maybe you might have done something in your earlier stage. We always have the account of outgoing, you know, the outgoing, the positive outgoing, but not the negative outgoing. And we don't have the account of negative, uh, positive incoming, but we have a great account of negative incoming. Let me give you an example. How many times we say bad things, we gossip, we talk about others? That's not in our account. But we have an account like how many good things, how little good things we have said to others. We have all that account. As if it is carved on the stone. It's so apparent and strong. We don't remember how many times we have received support from others or charities, you know. But we remember one or two small charities that we have done others. That is in our account. Similarly, with the negative things, like whatever, like people, like does something negative, it's in the account. Whatever people does positive, it's not in the account. So it is something like, whatever I do good things, it's in account. 
And whatever bad things people have done to me, it's an account. And then we make our, oh, I have been so good to others and why this is happening. Because you are missing the other account of what negative thoughts, how many negative energies that you have been sending. You may not even speak, but if you have resentment, grudges, hatred inside, every now and then you are sending the vibrations. If you have a knowledge of electric uh, magnetic field and the brain waves, you will understand every now and then you are sending the brain waves. It's really dangerous. It is very subtle. It is non-tangible, intangible. But it gives a great, great effect. It's just like using a mobile phone. You know, the radiation really hits that person. And when it hits that person, it also comes back. It is a boomerang. So don't expect that it will not hit you back, number one. Number two, when it hits back, it doesn't hit once. It hits in lots of manner. Let's say, if you sow a seed, you won't have one fruit out of one seed. How many you will have? Maybe 10, 20? Some plants every year is popping up. So you can imagine why, in our philosophy, why Buddha says that if you reap, if you do one good things, like many, 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 many fruits. One negative, many, many, many fruits. It's logical. You sow one seed, out of that one seed, you don't reap one fruit. When you are reaped, like 10, 20, or annually, you will have hundreds. So that is the karmic law. And another thing is that um, when we uh, when we do some, like let's say this, this is like um, a lot of people have this problem that I do so much good things to a person and then uh, at the end that person uh, backbites me or maybe that person is uh, doing some, something behind me or against me. I have been so kind to him or her but the consequences is not the same. So I don't believe in karma. Remember one thing. If you sow a seed underneath the soil, do you get always the fruit underneath the soil? Or up on the sky? There are plants like peanuts, like potatoes. You sow underneath, it grows underneath. But there are so many plants that you grow, you sow the seed under the ground, but it reaps on top, above your head. So that means, when I am doing some good to someone, there is no guarantee that the same person is going to give, like, do something good to you back. There is no guarantee of that. But there is a guarantee that there are 10 people which are going to really support you. It may be this person or not. That's always a question. But there is a guarantee that you will have 
10 people who would support you, who would behave exactly that, exactly the way you have behaved. Let's, let me give you uh, uh, an example out of this incident which happened. As one time back in India, like uh, when there is a season of tourists to visit the uh, hill station where I stayed, and there were like a bunch of taxi drivers uh, who charges more than what it used to be. So I was telling them, like, you shouldn't be doing that because this is your actual rate. So if, if another people come, you have to show a good nature so that it also not only helps you, but it will create a reputation like, oh, this hill station people are really good. And I will suggest you, you should go there next time. So there is always a rotation of incoming uh, because you have more tourists. But it's something like uh, the hen with the golden egg and you want to kill the hen. hen you know. so it's, it's like the story. So, and as I was saying that, because if you do something bad, the same tourists may not say anything. He may come and he may feel bad that you charge more than what it has to be and he may just go away. But because that you have done something bad and you have charged, overcharged, now you will also be overcharged either while in the garment shop, you'll be overcharged, there is a high potential. Maybe you will have to go to a garage where they will overcharge, you are not spared. Or maybe if you wanted to buy some utensils or groceries, they will overcharge, you know. Maybe some pickpocket will take your wallet. There's no way that you can, you can like escape out of this. And when I was saying, someone came with uh, uh, this, uh, his own story, he told me like, oh, that's very true. One time I charged 300 rupees extra, you know, from a tourist. Actually, it was like 200. He, 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 he asked about 500. Then he made like 300 extra. As soon as he, he was very happy, as soon as he go back to home, he has a daughter. And I don't know, she ate some uh, fruit which has a big seed inside. So it went and stuck here. So he has to take this daughter, his daughter, to hospital and exactly the bill was 300. <laughs> And then there was another driver, he says, oh, that also really happened to me, you know. He charged one of the tourists extra money, maybe about 200 bucks extra. And then when he was going back home, his silencer came down and he has to fix the silencer because the road was very bad. And he fixed the silencer. He even spent like 250 bucks. 50 is more like compensation, I think. So these are the things, if we really absorb things properly, whatever outgoing from us, positive and negative, if we have a proper account, we can make sure that what's going to happen now, for sure. So 
Because of that, we need awareness. Why in the Buddhism we talk about awareness? Why we, uh, when we are doing uh, the meditation, we let go the painful or pleasure, uh, pleasurable, how you say, the experience within the body and within the mind. You know? We just absorb and let it go. So when we practice let go, and when we have the consequences, the fruition of karma, like very negative, someone is just hitting you out of nowhere, you know, and you will not react. Once you react, you have another seed. Now, we have created another negative seed, which is bound to come. So, when we are going through that consequences, whether pleasurable or pleasurable, I think we don't have to talk about that. But when we are going through miserable times, you know, then the question is, why me? Someone has died in their, like passed away in their house, or maybe oneself is going through a physical, financial difficulties, then the question is, why me? Think of your karmas, think of your past deeds, check the accounts, you'll find the answer. And when we are going through that, it is very important for us to let go. Therefore, we start from the meditation to let go and we prepare ourselves in such manner that when the consequences of our previous karma it appears in the present time, we are ready to deal with it and not react and create another more karmas. So these are the ways to clear the karma by not reacting and being aware. If you just let go, whatever the karma is coming, just let go, it finishes. But if you cling, why me, why not, and all these questions, then you reap every now and then you, have, you are creating one or the other seed for the karma. So here, I, uh, let me summarize it again before I close this chapter because we have only one hour. So we'll give some time for the question answer. And here, what I talked about karma is literally karma means action. It is neither talking about the good karma or the bad karma. And generally, how we understand karma is, uh, karma is the effect of the previous deeds. And uh, normally, if we understand in that way, then the uh, understanding of karma is very limited. Actually, karma is a very vast, vast uh, uh, subject. So, uh, we are trying our level best to like make it more concise, uh, which can fit with the time. And uh, karma has like uh, positive, negative, and neutral karma. And karma is created every now and there. Then, the most important karma, karmic practice or karmic meditation that we have to do is uh, uh, regarding this karma, we have to uh, engage in the awareness meditation and let go. 
um, and we are aware of the body, speech, and mind uh, actions, and we are aware of what our intentions, what our thoughts, then there is a possibility that we can trace and overcome that. So whenever the consequences is appeared in our life, in our present life, whether it's happiness or unhappiness, we should always be aware that these are the consequences of my past good and bad actions, you know, actions and thoughts. So uh, we have to let it go. So when we let it go, especially when we are in a critical situation, then we are not creating another seeds, negative seeds. If we ask questions like, why me, why it has to be me, I didn't do things, and then if we ask more, we may be more depressed, frustrated, and then there could be a lots and lots of negative consequences even further. So, therefore, um, uh, and, and also, like, to suppress and postpone, one can always repent and not practice in that, uh, uh, that negative way, such negative way. And the best thing here um, is that, now, one may also say, like, isn't there a very simple way to practice uh, on this, to, to avoid this karma? Then, of course. If you wanted to create more positive karmas, you have to have positive friend circles. Check your Facebook, check your tutor, if you have any negative friends who talks about impossible things, not happening, oh, this bad, that bad, always pointing others, the mistakes and everything, delete it, I tell <laughs> I do that. Whenever I check this in my Facebook, in my I don't have tutor, I have Facebook, and I don't even bother them. I delete them. When we are doing the spiritual practice, we must, in the initial period, we must be selfish. Self-development is very important. Even Buddha went inside, the, in the, he left everyone, family. He was doing the self-development. <coughs> That is a sort of like selfish attitude, but in, not in a negative way. But then, when you do the, the practice, you have to be strong. How can we help if we are not strong? So in order to make oneself more positive, you have to work and you have to like uh, have a positive friend circles who talk something positive, possibilities. Even trying to see the, the, the very critical uh, situation or the scenario in more positive way. We must have this sort of like uh, friend circles. Otherwise, we will end up in miseries. So therefore, Buddha come with the idea of the Sangha. Sangha is community. Community of those. And you can, in casually, if you have to use that Sangha, it's a good, good friend circles. Good friend circles are known as Sangha. And this, why you come in here, is uh, you have to uh, get in touch with those people who are like more into these activities, you know. So um, when, we, you, when you come to center also, uh, you must have a motivation of like, okay, 
today I might learn something. I might, I might like open my eyes. I might get some information for my transformation. Not the information just to talk, talk, talk and not do anything. So, um, the Sangha is very important. So please check with the Sanghas and I um, end up here, the karma things. I don't want to go like too deep and very traditional way, otherwise people will be snoring after 10 minutes. <laughs> so I make it more relevant and very short. Uh, we have like lots of things dealing with the karma because the most, uh, how you say, forceful karma is the mind. And since the mind is very subtle thing, we cannot say like, oh, conscious mind, subconscious mind, and superconscious mind, that's it. Or what are the demarcation between the conscious and the subconscious? Subconscious even have the higher subconscious and the lower subconscious. Even the superconscious, what do you call that? You know. So, uh, even among with the Buddhist texts, like when we deal with the mind, since it is very, very subtle subject, um, a little bit of like, uh, intention, motivation, you know, very subtle uh, motivation can make that uh, negative and positive, you know, like positive karma and negative karma. That I think for now we will not discuss on it. So just uh, in a day-to-day -day practice, uh, just have uh, good friend circles to boost yourself into more positive. Everything in your phone number, tutor, whatsoever, delete those negative friends who always talk about, oh, uh, this is because of her, because of my husband, because of wife, children, I'm in misery. Delete these people. <coughs> Just have compassion in your prayers. Don't try to act in a man-to-man -man way, in a compassion. Maybe she may react and overtake all your emotions. So you may drain your energy. So don't do that. So in the initial period, you be more selfish with the self-development attitude, have your uh, sanghas, your friends, circles, and early in the morning, you must have a thought, and before going to bed, have a thought of, from the body, speech, and mind, I will help others. I will not harm others. Even I cannot help others, I will at least not harm others and sleep in the park. That's better than harming others, you see. So, if I can help, that's fine. If I cannot help, I will at least not harm. I'll go for a movie and watch a movie. That's better, far better than harming others, see. So, if I cannot do the plan A, I will go for the plan B. So, that needs to be the attitude. And then, uh, the profession for the livelihood, since lay people have the profession, Check your profession, whether it is uh, the right profession or not, because that creates a lot of karmas, you see. Um, if it is like, if you're working in a, uh, in a, in a factory, like emulation factories, or some atomic uh, bomb factory or something like that, then I think you should change the profession. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe in a butcher shop, or like slaughtering a lot of animals, I think, if you have a great intention of not harming, you would definitely find another way. Maybe you are in a vegetable shop. <laughs> <laughs>
So, so the profession also we must check because every now and then if it gives like negative impact, I think that's not good. So the, the profession needs to check every morning. We need to like uh, think about uh, helping others, if not, at least not harming others, you know. So with that attitude, um, and, and another very important is you do a little bit of meditation on observing oneself. It develops the awareness and try to let go with the sensation working from here. So when in the office or on the road or in a shopping mall, if some incidents, like negative incident happen, then you can always like have a higher potential to let go not make argue and then like create a lot of scene and tomorrow you come in the newspaper with bad news <laughs> like this so so these are the things that uh, one needs to know so we have like uh, thank you for listening and we have uh, 10 to 12 minutes for a question answer what do you do at the moment when the bad thing happens and you're overwhelmed and you just feel awful and you can't get past it? I just had that happen recently and it, it must have taken me hours to get past the feeling. And yeah. I, I just couldn't stop myself. Yeah, that's why. That's why when we are in a very, uh, how do you say, uh, normal stage right now, like when we are not going through a very critical situation which we cannot handle, before it appears, we have, when we are in a normal state, we need to meditate and prepare ourselves. So when something happens, or strikes, you know, negative or very critical things happens with you, you have a high potential to, to how you say, control over your emotions and not get overwhelmed. So it's just like going to a bodybuilding class. If you're regularly going and something you have to, very heavy thing you have to, like let's say your car stuck in the mud or somewhere, you can pull. There's a high potential that you can pull. But if you're not doing any exercise, your muscle is very, how you say, soft and no strength, then how can you expect even a bicycle to pull? <laughs> so it is a preparation in the, uh, when, when our mental state, it's too stressed, then I don't think while that time having awareness and trying to meditate will irritate. It will irritate. It doesn't work that way. The meditate is something like precaution, you know, like you are uh, prevention. It's already like you are preparation, you're doing the preparation. So when it, it strikes, you have a high potential or the high possibility to not uh, get affected. So, um, and let's say if you do not have the preparation, proper preparation, if it comes, divert yourself. Go for a movie or listen to a music. But don't beat about the bushes there. Then you will have a lot of anxieties more. I think that is only the thing. Extreme pressure uh, for a person who do not uh, have the preparation of meditation or anything like that, the diversion is one, only the immediate action that one can do, as far as I know. <laughs> um, you, um, in speaking about uh, deleting people from our Facebook, mm -hmm. from our, our sign, but we also 
Um, part of our Sangha is humanity, mankind, yes. um, our nation, mm -hmm. nations that are not our nation. Yes. We're, we're, we're a collective member of that, and I mean, I, from what I understand, we build a collective karma as well. Yes. We as individuals, mm -hmm. um, how can we, as we create our ledger, as we fill the ledger, how can we as individuals Without, without taking ownership of that, mm -hmm. but help the collective karma, the karma of our nation, the karma of our world, the karma of our planet. Is that through our individual acts, or, or is it through looking to the people that we may have deleted from our Facebook, maybe looking to change? I mean, in other words, is inaction um, on our part, if, is that bad for our karma or good for, I mean, I know it's intent, um, but what can we do to help the collectives come? Collective karma, this is collective karma. We have the same motivation. We are here to listen and to do some research, to find a way how to deal with the karma, to understand. So with that motive, when we come here, this is collective karma. When you do the presidential election, that is collective karma. So it is like similar motives come together, creates a great energy, that is collective karma. So our, our actions, even as a collective, or our actions yes, yes. in every way. Uh, and, and the only reason I'm saying that is, those that resist um, is to send our love and kindness to North Korea or to any place. Oh, yeah. By sending that love and kindness, is that Good. Is that, yes. Does that help? Does that help not only the individuals come up, but the That clients? is, that is, because collective energy is stronger than the individual energy. That's why we come to a place, we gather together, and just, just you can also feel it, because let's say if I'm giving a talk here, one-to-one, -one, just you are here, I don't think you will have the same vibe or the energy feel. Oh, no, yeah. Yes? Oh, you can feel it. So, when we do a single person sitting back in your room and doing the prostration or meditation, the vibe is small. But when you do in a collective way, the energy is really high. You see? Really, really high. You can just feel it uh, like, uh, let's say there are like 100 people, 1,000 people. The more people you, you get, the more energies. You know? so, collective uh, prayers or collective, uh, what is it, anything like collective energy, whether it is positive or negative, it's very, very strong and it really works well. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, so in connection to that, if you, it's, it's very easy to delete friends, acquaintances mm -hmm. from Facebook, social media that you, know, you don't want to hear around. But what do you do when you are surrounded, when you're your immediate circle, family members, co-workers, friends within your circle are negative and you can't easily escape them. Yeah, that's why one needs to practice let go. Because that's, that's the reason we, why we are talking about let go. If you say like, what is, uh, like, the person to whom you may find it's he or she is negative, some other people, hundreds of people will like him or her. Why you feel the negative? Why not others? So that has to do with your own karmic effect. 
So if I see someone very uncomfortable, that's not the person uncomfortable because the hundreds of people liking him or her. I am feeling uncomfortable because of my own karma, karmic connection. You might have some connection with that. You see, so therefore, whatever is uncomfortable with us, it's our own karma. So first, we have to understand that this is my own karma. It is not the problem there, it's problem here. So when we become more subjective, then, then the irritation is less than 50 persons gone. And then the 50 person practice and let go. So it doesn't happen instant, but over a period of time, it definitely happens. I was going to say, um, so if I have guilt about an action or actions that I've done in the past and I can see that that's manifested but I still hang on to this guilt, so every time I feel bad about these past actions, I'm planting seeds of karma. Mm -hmm. yes. So to dissolve the karma, I need to let go and be aware of my actions so that I don't repeat that. Pardon me once again. Oh. Pardon me. So, so that I don't repeat those actions. I mean, like, uh, oh. what was your exact question? Oh, um, I guess my question is, is that how to dissolve, how to dissolve karma? Now you have the guilt, you say like? Guilt from something I've done in the past, and I can okay. see the karma, I can see it's manifested because yes. of something I did. <coughs> there was a result. Uh-huh. <coughs> but I keep thinking about it, uh -huh. and I feel guilty about it. Okay. So, so how do you dissolve? Actually, uh, whatever the action you do, if you have the guilt, that means you are still clinging on it. You really have to let go. Okay. If it is bound to come, mm -hmm. it will come. So therefore, let's say, you know, there are like a lot of uh, Zen practitioners who would say, the spring come, then the spring will come. If someone has to die, it will die. They're just letting go. Let's say, if I have to die now, I don't go, go in anxiety. That means, that means the practice, I mean. Um, so the person would just let it go. So if I have to die, it's done. If I have to leave, it is leave. So let go means whatever is happening, you're just not reacting. So whatever it's happened, then why to react? You see, so let go is very important. Okay. How can I cultivate my good intentions? Because I can, outwardly I can perform many good acts, but I know what my intentions are. And they're not always good. They may be selfish. Even though my outward actions look charitable or generous or like they're helpful. So how can I cultivate, grow a true good intention? True good intention is always done through the inspiration. Intention starts from the motivation. You know. You have you need to have a motivation. And the motivation is created from an idol. Like a very good person, very good-hearted person, you have to go through its story. 
you have to understand it. You know, the inspiration will want the motive. And therefore, we are talking about good friends who will bring about inspirational stories, inspirational informations, which will eventually become a transformation for you. Therefore, the friends, why I'm saying friends, friends are the most dangerous tool and the most powerful tool, I would say. Sometimes it becomes the most dangerous because your friend circles will have the most impact because friends are those people to whom you open your aura 100%. But for family, father, mother, brother, you may not open 100%. So friends are those people you open 100%. And when you open 100% in front of a negative person, you're finished. There's a very less chance that you escape out of it. So beware of friends. We're not just saying friends who go to a coffee shop and say hi and bye. Not that friend. I'm talking about those friends to whom you share what is inside you. Okay? So, uh, you need a motivation, and for motivation you need inspiration. So, inspiration comes, uh, the inspiration may come from an idol, or the inspiration of information is very important for you, which your friend circle will deliver, you know. And when you come in touch with these good people, you will have multiple impacts. You see? So if I bring a, uh, bring a subject today like, like an emptiness, everyone will think about emptiness, but I'm bringing a karma, so karma. So if your friend circle will bring an issue of inspiration, there is multiple inspiration. So last question and then I will oh, um, I was just wondering, doesn't it take um, yeah. years to develop that letting go and being able to um, not react? Uh -huh. so so in the meantime, in the meantime, even uh, your like the mind is a little bit disturbed, you don't come to the verbal and the physical action. At least you have like the negative in the mind to control over the mind is the most difficult part. But at least you don't react physically and verbally. So that's the initial thing that one needs to do, focus on it. When, but when you practice, so do I need to practice more? Does yeah. more make it better? Yeah, so like if you are aware that I shouldn't be doing it, that means you are breaking a lot of potential. You know, the negative, from doing, uh, from, uh, doing a negative uh, reaction, you are already preventing a lot. You are aware. So let's say someone says something uh, without awareness, maybe you might have been like speaking right away or reacting, but with the awareness there is some sort of like few seconds or a minute and then you may react. And even that reaction may reduce because you have the uh, awareness, you know. The first thing, you will not react fast. Number two, the reaction whatever the reaction might have uh, without the awareness if it takes like five minutes but now you reduce to three minutes. So on that basis awareness of what you're doing, how you're doing, 
how much you have developed, one needs to check oneself. You know? So I'm sure, like, with the awareness, uh, the reactions, uh, the negative reaction that we do verbally or mentally, whatsoever, uh, it's always less. So that is the transformation, you know. Let's say even one person or five person is taking pace. So that's a development. You see? You have last question. Last question. Yeah. Oh, then, then it's fine. Then yeah, it's fine. so we keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> just... We have an argument at seven, but he, he just, he may come quietly because of things he Okay. Would you agree that there is an end of karma? Yes, there is. <laughs> like, you want the reason also? Sure. <laughs> yes. It's like this. When we don't react, you know, the karma washes, like it comes and it ends because we are not reacting. If we react, it will have more impact. This is one way of saying things, but the very initial, because we are in the initial levels, as I mentioned earlier, karma also have different standards of practice. Like you have English from the kindergarten level to the doctorate level. So what we are talking about, the karma is like a kindergarten level here. So if we wanted to like go more deeper on it, yes, we do have. And how we wash it, the karma is created in two ways, like subtle karma and gross karma. The gross karma is for those uh, who are in the samsara. Subtle karma are for those who are enlightened, who are out the samsara, but they also have the subtle karma. But these karma do not have the potential or the enough energy uh, potential to, to, uh, to let them have a great, great consequences, you see. And the actual uh, karma, actually, the, the gross karma comes out of uh, selfishness. It's more like body conscious. So when we are like emptiness conscious, we are enlightened and the karma weakens. Karma also needs conditions to ripen. Just like the seed needs fertile soil, fertilizer, sunlight, and so on. Similarly, the karma also needs so an enlightened person will not condition it. Many of the time they will not condition it. So there is no way of reaping that karma. Whereas in the samsaric level uh, standard people, they have a lot of conditions to write it in different ways. <coughs> so in short, uh, to, uh, to eradicate from the root level, we have to understand the emptiness. When we are understanding the, uh, understand, realize, I would say, realize the emptiness, we clear the karmas. When we don't understand the emptiness, then we have all these karmic issues. Because karma is a subject of relative world. 
that is not the subject of ultimate world. The ultimate is void and selflessness, which is also known as emptiness. So the more we go into it now, the more like complex it will be. So let us put it that way. <laughs> Thank you. So any questions? We we have time, or I end up here. I don't think this is the right time. <laughs> <laughs> you see, uh, why I don't talk? I can always talk, but I think uh, it is not only about the curiosity that uh, we, we, we deliver the message, it's about the potential of the person also, because uh, Buddhism is not about information, Buddhism is about transformation. So we, we deliver the, the message one day to transform. So supposing myself, I'm not an enlightened person, so I am working to realize the emptiness. So I do not have the authority to talk on emptiness right now. See, I can always talk and copy-paste. <laughs> what Buddha said, oh, I can say the same thing, but where is the, where is the authority? It's just like a fake dollar, which the governor has not promised. Oh, God will oh, some something, you know, like, oh, I, this is valid and so on. It's not signature of, uh, of the uh, governor. You see, the fake note, the fake dollars don't have the governor's sign saying that I promise that I will give you the value of this $10, $5. Similarly, I don't have the authority, but I can print. But I can print a lot of dollars, but that's all fake. You see, so I think this is my honesty because when people really like look up to you and trying to like see something authentic out of that, it is my duty also that I keep this barrier very authentic because I don't want to cross the limitations. But when the information you can talk on and on and on, like 20 years also if I'm not finished. <laughs> Yes. Yes, I had a question. If you had uh, a terrible situation and you had all the whining, whining, clinging with big karma, but then as you went into your future and you gained wisdom and you reduced, you look back on it, you realized, oh, this happened, it's all right. Would that shrink that, that past karma, your past clinging? You know? You understand what I'm saying? In the future, could you go back to uh, reduce the conflict? No, I think yeah. everything passed. Why bother? Okay. It's like, let's say, uh, even if I have a good memories, good days or bad days in my past, what's the point that I think about that? Some may come up with this, oh, I had a great holiday in Hawaii and by just remembering it, it gives me pleasure. So some may come up with this idea, but um, it, I would not say that's bad, but I would say, don't you have some greater things to do? <laughs> that's the question, because you see, 
our life is such an important life. We say like investment of money in the bank or share market, this is an investment. I would say the energy and time that you spend is the most precious, much more than the billion dollar. Otherwise, Steve Jobs would have bought some few days to invent some new Apple invention. With his billions of dollars, he could not buy even one minute. See, so investment of time is such a great thing, but sometimes we take it like, oh, I'm just passing time. I tell you, the time never passes, people pass away. <laughs> so it's a great, like, uh, how you say, investment. So we all need to think about the investment of time and energy. So make it most productive. So I always say, good is always a great obstacle for the better and best. This is I always say. We're not talking about good and bad, we're talking about good and the best. And if you are always clinging towards the goodness, you cannot be a better or a best. See? So why can't yeah, of course, going in Hawaii, you remember, you're very happy, you know, like, even without anything, like, oh, you're having a sunbath, and then, like, going on a beach with a big coconut. <laughs> looks nice, you know? Or maybe Bacardi or beer, you know, nice. But, but just remember that don't we have, like, investment of time and energies for something greater than that. You know? We can achieve more, greater, higher, blissful state if we have awareness. If we could have invested that in a better way. So, uh, in Buddhism, we talk about fully enlightenment. See, this part is really beautiful because when we are talking about fully enlightenment, that we are talking about the maximum growth of our brain, intellectual, emotion and everything. Even the science say we when they use five percent. So let us talk on that basis. When a person gets fully enlightened, you're using the hundred percent of your brain. So when we are talking about fully enlightenment, we are not uh, just talking about uh, talking about the small matter of awakening, kundalini or whatsoever, you know. Uh, we are talking about the maximum growth. We are using all the potentials that we have. We are talking from that perspective. So I think with this Titsbits uh, incidents and memory, I think uh, we, are, we are wasting our time. Yes, of course. I remember, um, I remember one story again. This, there was a man, and uh, a man, I mean like, I know him, but not his very close friend, not a close friend. I know him and uh, he went to a shoe shop, and there was this uh, uh, shoe, shoe shop working boy, like staff, 
And he's called him, like, you know, he's called him, he humiliated him, like, and he was trying, like, he was uh, quite, like, from a good family. So he was, in India we have this, you know, if you can bully others, you are considered to be very high. You have to talk harsh to the people who are, like, poor or, like, in a lower status. That is how you show your dignity. So in East, it is a very great fashion, even if it is in China or in India. So he, he felt dignified with that. And I thought, you know, like, this is not good. You should have talked properly. And he said, like, oh, I don't want that, I don't want that. And then he was doing that. And when he went to Delhi, he's from a small town. Now he went to a, a metropolitan city then there are like more, more rich people than him, you know, like billionaires. Now he went to a shop, <laughs> and a shoe shop, and that shoe, shoe was like about like uh, $500, $300, you know, US dollars, and that's like a lot amount in India. So when he entered, this shoe, uh, how do you say, the, the, the shopkeeper of the shoe, he bullied him. <laughs> saying that you don't have the guts to buy all these shoes, get out of my shop, you know. So, see where he sow the seed in a shoe shop, and the same person goes to other place, this shoe shop, he gets like scolding, gets like humiliated. So, so see, these consequences happen. So, it's only that we are not observing it, and like asking ourselves, like, why me? I didn't do something bad. Check your account. That's it. So, I think uh, that's it. Uh, I will do the prayers of uh, dedication. This is uh, uh, in, in our like uh, tradition. We do it with the three phase in the Mahayana tradition. We do it the three phase. The first phase is to pay homage to the lineage and to create bodhicitta as well. The second phase is the real practice. Now, today, the practice of myself is to deliver, and from your side, the practice is to listen and contemplate. So, uh, the, real, the real practice, and that the third phase is uh, to dedicate all those positive energies or merit or virtues or whatsoever you level it. It doesn't matter. So you are delivering that sort of like positive energies uh, to all those people around you who really are in need of it. So we do the dedication prayer. In the same time, one can visualize uh, sending positive energies around uh, yourself. <laughs> Joanne, the